Hi, I'd like to welcome you to our show. I'm your host, Praying Medic. We're talking about life as a child of God and all things related to his kingdom. Thanks for joining us. If you're a new listener to the show, you can find articles and books and other resources on my website, www.prayingmedic.com. You can also connect with me on Twitter. Just look for Praying Medic. Now let's jump into this week's show. My guest on today's show is a friend by the name of Sarah, who lived as a lesbian for many years. She's going to tell us today about how Jesus changed her heart and helped her get out of the lesbian lifestyle. Hello. Hey, Sarah, can you hear me? Yeah. So you're not ready for this? No. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. This has got to be kind of a difficult thing for you. Um, Well, in the past it was difficult, but I mean, he was with me every step. Like right now, I'm just like, I feel like I have this different perspective and I'm kind of thinking, I mean, I haven't heard too much of it being talked about from the perspective that I can kind of relate to. So I was just kind of thinking maybe I could just kind of put it out there, I guess. (laughs) I'm sure that you've probably heard a lot of different conversations from people who have different views and perspectives, but you have your own and it's probably unique. And I think it's worth hearing. So you and I met through a mutual friend, and you had posted your testimony uh, for your friends and family. Can you briefly talk a little bit about what prompted you to write that? Well, what prompted me was I've got Christian friends and I've got atheist friends. And, you know, everybody's got their viewpoint. Whatever label you want to put on it, liberal, conservative, there's extremes flying in my face on my newsfeed every day. And And I was just thinking... Just you can't we can't get past the political talk points and we're putting labels on people and people are so much more complex than the simple labels that we become so used to. Um, I mean, those political parties, they're just trying to get votes and stuff. They're not taking time to give every single individual the dignity that we each deserve. No matter what label you think somebody is, they're this person in, underneath that has the same dreams and hopes and fears that you do. They're not just this simple little issue. But anyway, um, the story was when I was growing up, I was raised Christian. And when I first started becoming aware of others sexually, I guess you could say, I didn't really ever feel attracted to boys. I always was really drawn to girls. And when I guess when I realized what that was, I guess I felt really, really guilty. And, you know, because, oh, you don't do that. And so I, I tried, you know, to be a good little Christian girl. And I mean, I was too young to really understand all the complexities of that anyway. But, you know, and then when I was a teenager, I was rebelling and I just kind of pursued my own my wants with that. And Did your parents know about your feeling towards women? Oh, heck no. <laughs> OK, so they didn't know. No, I, I wasn't like open about anything with them. I was very angry at them for a lot of things. So they weren't really um, included in much that happened with my life. I mean, my mom, I, to an extent, um, you know, I shared some things with her, but not about that. And I don't know, it was just a really, really crazy time. <laughs> I can imagine it was a crazy time. Yeah. So did you feel like there would be any value for you in seeking counseling about this? Or did you just keep it all internal and you didn't talk to anyone about it? I wasn't really um, seeking God at that point in my life, as far as I was aware and concerned, you know, as far as my limited perspective, he had let me down a lot. And there was stuff going on with my family and my mom, uh, my parents' marriage 
and I was just not interested in talking to him or anybody to do with him at all. So I left home as soon as I graduated, and I moved down to Florida, and I had relationships down there because it's a lot more, I guess, gay-friendly, you could say, and um, it was more mainstream and accepted. Okay. With the people in your circle of friends, did they get to know you as uh, as a lesbian? Well, the thing is, the this whole like coming out of the closet thing, like I never really felt that that was my main identity. It was just something I wanted to do. And, and people, the people that I was attracted to, that's just what I pursued. I didn't wear a rainbow flag on my shirt or, you know, do my hair in a certain way on purpose to show that. I mean, I shaved my head before, but not because I was wanting everybody to know I was a lesbian. You know what I mean? And so I kind of lived my life. I wasn't trying to prove myself to anybody. So you weren't it. really active in like the LGBT community or anything like that? Not really. I was just living my own little selfish life, doing what I felt like doing. Gotcha. And was the Holy Spirit speaking to you uh, during that time, or were you just trying not to hear anything from God and still being sort of angry towards him? Well, the funny thing about God, um, and not really funny but awesome, was I was not trying to hear him whatsoever. I was angry at him, and I actually would speak really, really harshly and be really argumentative towards Christians. And anytime anything Christian subject came up, I was always trying to argue against it. I just had these anger issues. But like all throughout <laughs> this time, from like 1995 to like 2005, just like straight, solid 10-year block of my life, I can look back and I can see where he reached out to me and he like put little things in my path where I looked up at the sky and I was like, I know that's you, God. I'm still mad at you, though. And so like, but, like <laughs> I, look, I look back at it and I'm like, geez, he is so loving and just so faithful. And even though I was so rebellious and, you know, being so hateful towards him and, and the people that professed, you know, openly that they, you know, followed him, he was still reaching out to me and, and drawing me back to him. And those things later, they became things that, you know, are, are precious memories to me now and prove how much he loves us no matter how we're being. Yeah, I can only imagine what that must have been like. I've talked to a lot of people who have walked into this gradual relationship with God and at the time things were happening, God was arranging circumstances and arranging appointments and reaching mm -hmm. out to them in some very subtle ways. But most of the time people say, at the time, I really didn't know that was him, or maybe I suspected maybe it was. But looking back, it's clear that he was speaking to them all the time, reaching out, trying to mm -hmm. get their attention. And it's kind of cool how he does that. I love it. It's so awesome. I know. He's so wonderful. So how long did you live as a lesbian? Uh, definitely for that, uh, for that, um, 10 year block Ten. that was, you know, active when I had relationships and stuff. And then, um, around 2005, I got sick. And so my life kind of crashed to a halt and I was in a place where I wasn't really going out. I was kind of just like being a shut in inside and I wasn't really reaching out to anybody socially. So I wasn't actively doing things, but I was still, um, I was still writing a couple blogs back and forth on LiveJournal, if you've ever heard of that site that's like almost dead now. And we were kind of writing stories together that were about homosexual situations. It was, I guess it was kind of role-playing in a way. I don't know, but I wasn't like physically with anybody, but I was emotionally and mentally putting myself into that position because I wasn't like going out. So I was on the internet with a couple people doing that. Okay. It was really weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will say this, um, and I was going to ask you about this. I read mm -hmm. your testimony 
And then I've read some things you've written since then, and you are a very good writer. Oh, I just want to pass that along. You, you really are. If you are not blogging right now, I w- you might consider praying about that and asking the Lord if he wants you to write, because you have a very good writing voice. Your message comes out very clearly. You're very empathetic. You're very sincere and genuine. I don't think you have a phony bone in your body, <laughs> and that really comes through in your writing. Um, and, you know, just as a side note, I had a dream about a week ago mm-hmm. where the Lord gave me this dream, and in the dream there were seven people who he had chosen to write books. And in the dream I knew that there was a special anointing, like the special season that had arrived for people to write great productivity was going to happen during this season. People were going to write more books and publish more books than would have been possible had it not been for divine empowerment. Mm -hmm. And this is a season when God is really encouraging a lot of people to start writing and publishing. So if that's something that you've thought about, you just pray about it and see if the Holy Spirit leads you to do that because you are a really good writer. I mean, your testimony in this whole subject is a subject of great interest to a lot of people. I've been receiving private messages from people And I I jumped on this conversation the other day where a guy was asking for advice on how to witness to two lesbian people who were in his life as friends. And they were very open and they were very, in his words, kind of in your face about their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And he felt he had some obligation to confront them about their lifestyle and point out that, no, what you're doing is wrong. Christians take this view that they have an obligation to confront people about their gay or lesbian lifestyle and tell them the truth, hoping that that's going to change them. I would like you to talk for a few minutes on your perspective on that belief and then tell us how Jesus actually changed your heart. Okay. Well, as far as confronting other people, I'm kind of sad that it's so in our face as it is right now, Which, but we can't really, I mean, we can complain, but we, we're going to have to accept the fact that we made it our business, even though that private business should have been kept private, I guess. I mean, just like I said earlier about, about those political talk points, they were just getting votes and stuff by using hot, you know, issues like that. But, I mean, somebody's sexuality, that's something that's deeply private and personal, and that's something that is between them and God. And as, you know, obviously the way that, you know, my testimony and everything, you know how I feel about homosexuality and what he's come, you know, what I've come to learn, what he's taught me, what he showed me. In the Bible, I mean, he's, he very, very plainly says he doesn't like it. But reading that and being told that, that never changed me. What changed me was the Holy Spirit just soaking deeper and deeper into my soul. Like in my testimony, I mentioned I was still participating in that lifestyle in the way that I could, you know, well into my, you know, reestablishment of my relationship with him. And he didn't, you know, sit back and cross his arms and say, well, when you stop being, you know, when you stop sinning, I'll talk to you and I'll love on you. He was loving on me the entire time. But all throughout it, as I was ready in different phases and different steps, he showed me little things and sometimes big things about how he wanted a different life for me and how he had um, originally, you know, created me to be. And he very slowly in, in the way that only he can, he, you know, restored me and healed me in the places that were causing, I guess, imbalances or brokenness, you know, whatever you want to call it, that would um, help that lifestyle to come about. And I mean, I'm not going to walk up to somebody with, 
um, you know, at a at a pride parade and be like, you need to stop sinning. I don't know, you know, the, the perfect advice to give somebody except just love people. I mean, it's hard because you don't want to affirm their sin. But at the same time, I just kind of feel like it's not your business. If somebody's a Christian, people pretty much know how we feel about that. We don't have to really say it anymore. I just keep thinking back to the Holy Spirit is the one that convicted me and changed me and healed me what was broken inside me and, you know, healed the the things inside me that, that were helping that lifestyle to come about. You mentioned that Jesus visited you in dreams and visions. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Okay, yeah. When I came back from that lifestyle, I still was reverting to my old patterns of, like, escapism. So I was watching a lot of um, TV and reading a lot of books and, you know, writing those stories I was mentioning uh, that I mentioned earlier with those, you know, friends back and forth that was about homosexual stuff, you know, situations. And um, even even though I kept my attention on that stuff for a really long time, he came through those things. Like, I can't explain exact details other than, you know, a character would say a line and just I just felt my heart just get really warm and like I would have these thought patterns and now I can look back at it and know that, that was the Holy Spirit, you know, guiding me through these different revelations. And as I was ready, you know, I came out of those movies and shows and cartoons and books and, in, you know, more into the Bible and, and more into Christian worship music instead of rock music or whatever. And he just very, very gently drew me through these things that I was saturating my brain with. I mean, the dreams, though, they were right away. But at first, they were really like, they were related to what I was putting into my brain. Like, I would watch a lot of anime. And I had would have a dream about this anime person where we were skipping in a field. And suddenly we were skipping on the air. And it's just this, you know, really intricate and detailed dream. But the, the Holy Spirit just showed me what the details meant and slowly, you know, like I said, gently drawing me out of that lifestyle. But the the first dream that I had, like, directly about him was this really awesome dream where there was this stairway and it was going up into the sky and it was nighttime. And at the top of the stairway, there was this door. And through the door, you could basically like Milky Way galaxy kind of thing. And I saw him, the silhouette of Jesus coming down. And when he got to the top of the stairs, I was still pretty far down. I could see his face and it just got magnified and he was looking at me and smiling. And just from that moment, I just felt like, I don't know, he just, that was one of the huge steps in, you know, coming closer to him. And even though I thought that I knew he was real, like really being like, wow, I feel even more so that he was real, you know, and I don't know, it's just that feeling when he's smiling at you. I know it sounds so weird, but that's one of my most cherished memories. And it was just things like that where he would just send these dreams where he would just reveal things to me. And it was just this slow process over, I mean, you know, since 2005, that was 10 years ago. So over the past 10 years where he just keeps drawing me closer and closer to him. And that's still happening every single day where it's just like he can do more in one dream than we can with like the absolute most intelligent arguments that we can make against the homosexuality. He can do more in like a two second dream than we could ever hope to with our best intentions. Would you have any advice for someone who is in a gay or lesbian lifestyle who wants to come out of it, but is still having attraction towards people of the same sex? Yeah. Um, I mean, I had that for a while where I still felt attracted and I was in a phase where I was thinking to myself, you know, well, God loves me. I'm, you know, I can be this way. He made me this way. You know, I mean, I felt that too, but I wasn't actively trying to get out of that lifestyle. 
and just slowly, slowly, and I'm pretty slow and dense sometimes and stubborn. So over the years, it was just tiny little steps and sometimes big steps. And he just showed me that. I mean, I wasn't actively trying to stop being lesbian. I wasn't trying to run away from my sin. I was trying to get closer to him. And in that process, that's how that happened. I would just say that keep seeking him in the way that you can with some people that's reading the Bible, some people that's seeking worship music, some people that's going out into the forest and just praying or whatever. You know, don't let people who unfortunately don't know any better, even though they are mostly well-intended, push you away from the Lord. Just know that Jesus loves you so much and he adores you and cherishes you. Just keep getting closer to him because that's where you find the most beautiful thing in the entire universe, the most wonderful thing you could ever feel, the most wonderful person you could ever know, the one that knows everything about you and still loves you and will never leave. He promises to never leave. And let that be what your focus is on. Don't look at all these little struggles and all these details and technicalities that we try to complicate life with. The only thing that matters is get to know him better because we're all sinners. Um, people make such a huge deal about the sin of homosexuality, but there's so many other sins mentioned in the Bible, and we all do them. Nobody's perfect. There's stuff that I work out in my life that he's still working out in me, and I'm not looking down on anybody saying, well, my sin is less than yours. He sees all sins pretty much the same because sin isn't something that, you know, oh, you're doing bad. He doesn't like sin because it separates you from him. That's the main thing is just keep asking him to reveal his heart to you. Keep asking him to help you get closer to him because that's the source of life. It's not about all these tiny little details and snares and snags and political issues that we're making it out to be. We're just making a bunch of distractions. The only thing that matters is him. Everything else, he heals along the way as you're ready. And he doesn't look at your sin as, you know, flaws about you that are that are, you know, that are horrible. He's looking at you, his child. He loves you and he wants to remove things that are making it so that there's distance in between you. And he's looking at the areas where broken or sinful or whatever you want to call it. And he's wanting to fix those and heal those. Not so that he'll accept you because he already loves you and accepts you. He's fixing and healing those so that you can come closer to him. That's all he wants it sounds like you're saying that a lot of the confrontations Christians get into actually end up pushing people away from God. Oh, yeah. Which is the opposite of what we want. Yes. Yeah, and I mean, I can understand. I completely understand why we feel that we have to do that. But we need to just seek the Lord about that, and He can help us when there are things that should be said and when you just need to love on somebody, you know? I mean, there's there's a time for everything, and I think we keep trying to figure it out in our own head, but we need to keep just praying and asking him, you know, help me reach people today. I think there's an, there's an element of pushing back against oppression and against, you know, the rejection and the condemnation that unfortunately the whole issue has been causing for a lot of people. And it's just a very in your face, you better accept me this is who I am. It's just, I guess rebellion would be the best way to describe it, where you're just rebelling against being put down so, for so long. I mean, this private matter that should be something that is between you and God, where, you know, he knows what he wants for us all. And his Holy Spirit, you know, he's the one he's, who's responsible and able to heal the things inside us that cause sin or whatever that is keeping us separate from him. And the church with well with good intentions but 
destructive consequences has been oppressive about it. And it's now this thing where it's kind of like a middle finger now. (laughs) You know, don't put me down anymore. This is who I am. And there's more and more people that are tired of being put down. And it's become this, this big fight now. And it's really heartbreaking because we need to not be fighting. We need to just be loving each other. And it's the exact opposite. And I'm sure the devil's laughing his butt off right now about it. My wife has a pet peeve about life in the church. You know, pastors say that the church isn't a museum for saints, it's a hospital for sinners. And I think we all understand that. But at the same time, there are a lot of church congregations where if you talk about your own sins openly, you're going to cause yourself a lot of trouble. And if you're in a position of leadership and your own sins are discovered, you might very well be removed from your position of leadership. It's like we have this culture where church leaders don't really know what to do with people who are struggling with sin. And in some places, it's just a lot easier to sweep it under the rug or pretend it's not there. And I think there's some wisdom in keeping some sins to yourself and working them out with God. But ultimately, the role of leadership is to bring people into a closer relationship with God and to help them talk about their things that they struggle with openly so that God can heal them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, when... When people in the church or, you know, Christian believers are struggling with some sin, I mean, I don't think that makes them <laughs> that not saved. That's kind of ridiculous. But, I mean, I, we're all in different stages with our brokenness, and he's working on each and every one of us. And I think, I can't remember what Bible verse it is, but it says, you know, when, when somebody is sinning, you know, you come to them in humility and, you know, and in love, and you tell them, you know, humility meaning, you know, you you acknowledge that you're not perfect and you're not trying to, you know, beat them over the head with a Bible or something, but, you know, they're doing something that, you know, you, you're seeing is not helping them and ask them if you could pray for them or whatever. I mean, it doesn't say, you know, go to them and tell them that they can't come back to church. I mean, this... I don't know, church discipline or whatever you want to call it, or, you know, accountability with within the church, like, that's all. It's it's really intricate and delicate, and I just think that we're not handling it very well. There needs to be a lot more prayer and a lot less figuring out in our own head and working from our own understanding, I think. I'm, I'm just, I keep praying for just the Holy Spirit to just sweep through and help us not destroy each other so much, you know? From for the perspective of people that, you know, haven't had any, you know, kind of struggle with same-sex attraction and, you know, they're trying to figure out how do I treat, you know, these people that are being so flamboyant or so in my face about this. I don't want to betray my, my own faith or misrepresent God. Like, they don't want to affirm it. I just don't think that telling them that they're wrong is helpful. I think that keep showing affection and love just like you always did before they came out. And, you know, if they start talking about that stuff, just pray and ask Jesus to help you know how to speak, know how to act. I don't know. He's given me grace to just be able to keep loving them and keep reaching out to them. And I've had a couple of people where the Lord gave me the precious honor of being able to see them turn away from it. And it wasn't because of anything I said or did. It was just that he was working in them. 
each one of us are in a different place with the people that he's put around us and where we are with our own emotions and our own maturity. The whole point of this life is to learn how to love each other better and, and to get closer to him. So stop focusing on all these flares and all this shrapnel and all this crap that the devil's putting up in our face. It's just keep looking up higher and look to Jesus and he'll help you with everything. Just keep seeking, keep asking. I don't know what else to say. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. It's been a real pleasure talking to you, and I hope to read more of your writings in the future. Thank you. Likewise. All right. Goodbye, Sarah. Goodbye. Well, folks, that is our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for dropping by. If you're new to the podcast and you haven't been to my website, you might drop by and check out the articles I have there. If you have any questions or comments about this show, you can contact me at admin at prayingmedic.com. That's A-D-M-I-N at prayingmedic.com. I'd like to thank you again for dropping by. I hope you enjoyed the show.